Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. Today on the show, I have Gladys Simon, life coach and owner of My Life Couch. We are talking today about everything from discovering your innate superpowers to why it is just absolutely essential to recharge and sometimes put yourself first. We are also talking about why it's okay to be a non-perfect mom while still being a good one. This is an excellent episode with an excellent life coach you won't want to miss. So stick around and I'll see you in just a moment. Hi, Gladys. Welcome to the show. I cannot wait to get this conversation going because you know, as well as I do, we have so much to talk about. So Gladys, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on your show and looking forward for like to more laugh because we've been laughing for a little while now. Oh yeah. Before we, before we press record, there was a lot of laughter going on. It's our blooper reel, right? <laughs> for real. I'm like I'm your accountability partner on that. So for those that just joined, it's still the hormonal mama show. I'm just uh, pulling her leg and saying she needs to do a blooper reel. I love she's it. Hilarious behind the scenes. I love it. Okay. You're the best, Gladys. You are awesome. And this is why I've been looking forward to this conversation because, as you know, the last time we talked, we talked for a long time and we had so much fun we talked about so much stuff and I know today we have you know some some more specific things that we're going to talk about um but before we jump into you know some of these things do me a favor tell our audience a little bit about you and a little bit about the work that you do as a life coach okay I was gonna say thank you you specify I was gonna give you my weight my age and all those things all of the details Uh, I'm writing (laughs) down right now (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, hello, everybody. I'm Gladys Simon. I I am usually wearing multiple hats, playing multiple roles in my life. But the three that I'm constantly wearing every day with joy is um, the mom. <laughs> so I'm a mom um, to a fabulous deal. Um, and I'm a consultant uh, for Fortune 500 company. That's my day today uh, life. And I'm also a life coach, like Kara said. Um, so where I'm um, helping specifically working mom. So it doesn't matter if you are a brand new mom, a mom-to-be, or a more a wiser mom. I like that rather than experienced mom. Um, mm-hmm. I usually welcome all of you on my couch. And if you think about um, the intersection with my triad, the mom, uh, the consultant, and the coach, it's always meeting people at their point of need, tweak them and let them go their merry way. So that's, that's I feel, uh, what I'm destined to, to do. So I'm expressing this purpose in different roles that I play in my life. So that's it. I live in Toronto, Canada, uh, where it's currently winter um, time. And uh, it's a fabulous place to live. And you know, all Canadians are nice, right? So that's right. <laughs> Hey, I've, I've been to Canada a few times. I've been to, to Toronto. I mean, it's been like, I don't know, 25 years or more since I've been there. But gosh, I remember loving it when I was a kid. So it's really cool to hear that, you know, you love it too. Because I mean, what's better love than it. loving where you live? I think it's one of the most important. Truly representing Canada here. Yeah, Canada. 
I mean, I was going like, to sing a song, but I don't know the Canadian national anthem. Although I'll tell you a little side note. If you ask my dad, he'll sing you the Canadian national anthem and he'll sing it with soul. And he's not a singer. He's not, he's not bad, but he's not a singer. He loves the Canada national anthem. He <laughs> loves it. He always has. My dad's a huge hockey fan and he's particularly a New York Rangers fan. And when Canada, any Canadian team plays and there's the national anthem, I think my dad would be happy to just let the game end and keep singing. So Toronto, Canada, awesome place to live. You do amazing stuff. I mean, you're a coach, you're a consultant, and you're a mom. Mm -hmm. I can relate to the coach and mom part because that's a crazy life right there. But I think that's really incredible that you do all of these things. And, you know, I think, you know, how can I word my thought process here? I don't know. I'm talking in circles because I'm so excited. I think it's really great. Oh, sorry. I was going to say those roles are not necessarily chosen willingly. Right, so <laughs> I understand that but, too. <laughs> but, but I wear those hats gracefully and with joy every day. I hear your point. I love it. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your work as a coach. You know, there's something that I think is super important that I want to talk to you about. And that is our relationship with ourselves, right? We all have this struggle. I think even people with the best um, laid plans have that same struggle, right? It's very, very difficult to make it a point to take care of yourself. So tell me, tell me from your perspective, why is it so easy to, there's sort of a two-part question here. First part, why is it so easy to neglect our relationship with ourselves? And then the other part of that is, how do we start putting ourselves first? Like, how do we do that? How do we do these two things? Tell me. So <clears throat> I usually share my own experience and also take um, advantage of the stories that I hear uh, from, you know, my coaching client and, you know, my entourage. So by I'm saying the disclaimer there because by all means, I'm not a scientific or expert or I have a badge to say anything that works. But those are my real experience that work for me. So the reason I believe uh, we find it hard to put ourselves first is almost the narrative we grew up with where the society kind of pushed a little bit insidiously that, you know, being, being taking care of, of ourselves, putting ourselves first is selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually have to, you know, make sure, especially as a mom, I, I think I started realizing this more when I became a mom. I, I, you know, I had to feed my kids. I have to make sure they okay. And only when they sleep and only when they, you know, quiet, then I will think of myself. I usually too tired to care. So I'm like mm-hmm. sleeping when the enemy sleeps. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, if you think about it, if you think about it when you were younger, um, growing up in that society, it's always about being selfless and selfless start to equate for some people to, putting everybody else's need first because, hey, we can rest when everybody else is, is taken care of. So the first step for me is to, to be aware of our little pattern on how we self-sacrificing, um, how we putting everything else first. And then once we start being aware, really be consciously, intentionally, and fanatically 
putting ourselves first. And when I say putting ourselves first, it's not necessarily neglecting everybody, but in my particular case, I have little space every single day where I call it my recharge time, mm. right? So um, I compare us women to a very expensive mobile phone. Like think of a mobile phone that money money can buy. Money is no object. So you go and buy it and he does beautiful things. Like he goes and you check on it and say, mom, where is my uh, striped red socks? And she would say third drawer on the top shelf. Like, you know, all those crazy information that you know. <laughs> um, but like every single mobile phone, expensive mobile phone or not, they have a battery life. And then they will come and tell you, I'm 20% charged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm 10% charged. And if you do not recharge that battery, it dies. Right. So it becomes a very expensive paperweight. <laughs> That's what That's it is. So like if that. you do not take the time to charge your battery, you cannot go and, you know, eliminate the other roles that you are playing. You cannot be the mom. You cannot be the employee, the sister, the friend, the spouse because the battery is not charged. So right. I look at it as let's change the narrative that no longer serve us, where we have to be selfless, equal, putting everybody's need around us because, and change it to say, if my battery is not charged, it doesn't have to be 100% charged, but it has to be decent charged mm -hmm. so you can go and, and impact and effect change on other area of your life. So that's what is important um, for me to say that the narrative we've been fed, I have been fed that narrative, um, that it was very selfish to think of yourself first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's imperative to put some spaces in your day to recharge your battery. It's not selfish. It's important it's because necessary. if you not, if your battery is not served, it's like, fully charged or charged, you become a very expensive paperweight. I, I love that analogy so much. And I, put, I had to write it down. I'm sure you saw me shaking a little bit. I absolutely <laughs> love that you said very expensive paperweight because that's exactly what happens with a phone. How are you any different? We need to charge, you know, just as a side note, because we're talking about this recharging thing. I was trying to teach my daughter who she loves her sleep, right? Which is awesome because my son hates to sleep. But now they're two and a half, so they didn't understand what I was saying. But I was trying to explain to her. She was so excited. She was just like, wouldn't calm down. She was like, ah. And I told her, I said, we have to charge. We have to recharge our batteries or else we can't really do much. Now, of course, again, she's two and a half. And I realized as I'm explaining this to her, she's probably like, huh? <laughs> what are you even talking about, mom? But it's, it's just such a great point that if you're not recharging your batteries and taking care of yourself and, you know, just doing this important stuff to, to be a human being, how can you possibly take care of everybody else? And we know what that's like as a mom, as a business owner, as an employee, your job, especially as a consultant, you know, you, you, you end up being that person who's just taking care of everybody else. And it's so easy to forget to take care of yourself. But something that I've discovered is it's actually easier to make that time. Like you talked about, what did you say? Recharge time where yeah. you just do it. And it actually yeah. is easier because you feel better in the long run. 
I was going to say that when your mobile phone is dead, you put it somewhere. Even if the charging station is not near you, you just say, I'm going to go without it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. So you recharge because you know how much more useful that mobile phone is when there's some charging it. And you are the common denominator in all the roles that you play in your life. So is it not much more important to have at least a functioning battery (laughs) to do those roles? Exactly. Oh, you just, you're saying it so beautifully and it's just so accurate. And it actually brings me Mm -hmm. to another question that I think ties in, you know, I feel like the question is, you know, how do we find our unique superpowers, right? Because we all have them. That's just something that's, you know, important, but is a fact, right? But I feel like you can't discover those things about yourself if you're not taking care of yourself, right? So tell me how, how do we do this? How do we do this for ourselves? How do we find our superpower? And then once we find that, how do we rediscover our power and joy, right? Because those are two different things that can go together. So tell me a little bit about that, if you didn't mind. So again, I think at the at the cornerstone of everything, my mantra is to know yourself, know yourself very well, <laughs> right? Absolutely. If you don't know yourself, you open the door for everybody else to tell you who you are, mm-hmm. and it might not be true versions of yourself. But you have to know yourself. It's not about bragging; it's about saying, "This is what I do uniquely well," <laughs> and be confident and accept and embrace it. Um, so how do we discover our superpower? Like you said, Kara, we, we're all born with superpower. I think um, they, you know, I, I, I divided into two categories. I call them, you know, the dominant and the dormant superpower. So dominant are dominant because they're influenced by, a, you know, different factor, maybe the environment you are in, um, maybe, you know, um, different things that happen to you in your life. So I live in five different countries so I think for the longest time um, I was resilient I was adaptable I was you know (laughs) resourceful those are the things that came to me because of the lifestyle I was living Um, but I was a super quiet introvert I was Mm -hmm. not terribly shy I wouldn't say anything I wanted to be the model um, you know employee like Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't ruffle feathers that stay quiet um, and then blend right (laughs) Right? that was what I wanted but I was smart resourceful adaptable and you know and I had stories to tell then I became a mom and and then he he brought up to the surface other powers that were also my dormant superpowers Um, I realized that when you have kids, you become the de facto role model for them. Like mm-hmm. nobody asks you your opinion. <laughs> Everybody's, they look up to you and, and their, their notion, the idea of life is determined by your action and how you live life. So that, that I took very seriously mm-hmm. um, because my kid gave me a purpose higher than I ever had. So for, for the first time in my life, I was thinking, I need to make a better story for those guys to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm creating hope, I'm creating a narrative for them to say, well, I can do what I want, or at least I can try. 
So it became very apparent to me that I wanted to be part of a solution rather than be part of a problem just because I wanted my kid to look back and say, I can try it. Even if I don't win uh, or succeed, I have to try. Um, So I had to, um, the the superpower that came was advocacy. So I was struggling so much um, in my own you know, journey to motherhood. Um, you know, I I moved to a new country. I had no family, first time mm-hmm. parents. Oh my god, like no <laughs> grandparents. It was it was a terrible mess. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I love being a mom. Full disclosure. <laughs> but <laughs> for all the parents that are listening to us, you know, those days that I'm talking, that it's just hard, and and I had no um, no no coping system. No. I just had my husband and myself and you get pretty tired of passing the baby like a hot potato. Yes, um, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it made me very aware that I was frustrated. I went back to work and all those stories. And then I, I start thinking, um, you know, the lie I was feeding myself at the time is surely I was the only one going through this, right? So it was, it was a terrible lie, but it, it was what I thought and I believe. And then, you know, one day I hit the wall and I said, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I just wanted to express myself and say something. And I started writing posts on LinkedIn, LinkedIn about working mom and say, well, I wanted to change or at least bring a little bit of a difference to those working mom journey, like into, you know, hey, saying, guys, as you go into this, those are the pitfalls. Right, right. <laughs> And I realized it resonated with a lot of people. So I started talking, not necessarily for me, uh, but talking for other moms, adding my voice to that big conversation as a working mom. Um, because when you're a working mom in a corporate world, you have different uh, problems than a working mom that is an entrepreneur and a working mom that, you know, it's just, there's so many flavors, but at the end of it, you're a mom. And I wanted, to, you know, and it's still my dream to have a community of moms that help each other through those tough times um, and that give each other advice, mentor, support, career, whatever we want to talk, but we share our mom's experience um, in dash, insert, whatever, in business, in right. entrepreneurial, in corporate. Um, so that's still the dream. And, you know, I felt that if I didn't become a mom, I wouldn't have faced those unique challenges. Um, and then I wouldn't have been, you know, empowered to talk um, and advocate for others. So I became, I'm still an introvert. I'm still less quiet. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> love it. So to your point, how do we find your joy, your superpower? I would, I would say, you know, know yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and then once you start knowing your pattern, you know, you start, you have those superpowers already that you use every day. And those superpowers, I call them superpowers to make them pretty, but they are so present in us that you don't even think they're there. Um, you may be the person that never shy to talk in public and share your opinion. That's a superpower. You may be the person that knows how to put, you know, through great party because everybody get along and you put those people together. You're the networker. Like, you know, those kind of skills that comes so natural to people that they're like, oh, that's not even a superpower. This is what I do. You know, that's what I call superpower, right? We all have those. And then once you know yourself and you know what you bring to any table, then you start observing other things that comes from it. So how do you find your joy? You align the superpower to what 
goal, whatever goal you want to achieve at this point in life. I love that. I, you know, I, 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 I use that phrase so much. I love that. And, but I do, I mean, I think just the way you just said that, you know, aligning it with your goals, you know, because yes. I mean, let's face it, you can't get through life. If, can't get through life if you don't have goals for yourself. I mean, that's yes. something that it took me a very long time to realize. And I think you have such a, a beautiful way of looking at that and realizing that, you know, like you said, we're all born with these superpowers, you know, what I mean? we all have them. It's a matter of discovering what your unique superpower is. And like I, I told to one of my coaching clients yesterday, you're not that special. <laughs> we all have superpowers. So I'm sorry to I tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a real non-nonsense talks, uh, coach. So um, I, I, I just wanted to say that we all have something we uniquely do well. Um, I, I invite everybody listening to us today to, to, to take stock of that. Take a piece of paper and write all the things that people think of when they talk about you if it's mm. you know I have a girlfriend if you want um to organize a group holiday she's the person to call to she's kept everything organized booked everything like she's the project manager so that's her superpower right mm-hmm. um and and then this this one of those things so write it down write the three top things that you have and see what goals you have today and it doesn't have to be life goal it could be a short-term goal it could be a mid-term goal but those superpower get you closer to that goal you just have to realize that and click that this is what's going to get you closer to it and it, it, it makes so much sense when you break it down that way and I really I really like that you said you know you're not that special because I think that that's something I think maybe that's the part where people sometimes don't realize that they have this superpower because they're like, well, no, I don't have that. I'm not special like that person. You know, that's kind of the flip side of it. And and it's, I just think it's important to look at it the way you just said it, you know, yeah. it doesn't make you special. It makes you human. It makes you, yeah. Right? And I was going to say, I'm still an introvert. I'm less quiet, but I'm still, it doesn't. It didn't change me into like, I don't have a cape or I don't right. fly, um, all those <laughs> things. But <laughs> my I'll superpower, it should be one of your questions. What superpower would you want to have that mm. you don't have? Um, Ooh. That's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine, like be, that. mine will be to be invisible so my kid can can let me sleep for like three hours. It. Oh my gosh, that's great. I mean... but pretty great but we were talking about those powers and if you take stock of your inventory right now i'm sure you can find at least three of those superpowers your listeners yourself cara i'm sure you can find those i'm gonna do it as soon as we're done on this call oh please do i'm going to (laughs) because i I think you know it's it's one thing to feel like you know what you're good at but it's Mm -hmm. another thing to really dig deeper than that like you're talking about and see it as a superpower that's what it is yep and it's it is and I was gonna say one of the the other narrative I was uh, you know fed is was like you know you have to be humble about it if you're good at you know cooking like you say I'm cooking a mean risotto you can't say that because it's bragging right Um, and I'm like why Mm -hmm. you cook a mean risotto on it so on your superpower 
if you're good at something, own it because that's your brand. This is your magic sauce. Nobody does this as well as you do. It's time we change that and say, oh yeah, we can't claim it. Claim it. Say claim yes. It for sure. Oh my gosh. I, I, <laughs> I think it's so important that you just said that because I think that you are so onto something. Own it. Yeah. You're good at something. Don't, sh- you know, shy away from shouting it from the rooftops. 100%. Oh, I, well, it, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think that's just such an important topic that, that we're um, diving into here. And I just, I mean, how can you not be, you know, proud of whatever this, you know, superpower, whatever it is that you're good at? Oh, I'm so excited. I was going to say, for my part, I have, um, I have two kids, like a four and a seven year old, and they, they are teaching me every day. Yep. <laughs> um, never you asked, you know, he asked my four year old, no, my seven year old, how, how is he feeling? He said, I'm perfect. How are you? I'm perfect that's and he says that and he's convinced he's really perfect right this is his thing he -hmm. doesn't worry he's my you know guy that laid back he's really and he's like I'm really good at doing things with you I'm like yes you are Uh, so it's just that and and they were they are way more confident than I ever was Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, certainly not at their age or maybe I was and I forget because one of the things I realized when you become a mom is we lose, we disconnect so much from our inner child as we grow up because society say we have to be the model and follow that template. And, and when you observe kids when they're not yet conditioned, they just have those powers that they, they, they really claim it. Mm-hmm. Um, my four-year-old say, well, I'm really good. I, I'm the best dancer in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> All right. That's you know, fun. matter oh. is her believing it. It doesn't matter if it's true. It is her believing it, right? And I say that approach, I take that approach and I said, you know, own your superpower. It doesn't yeah. matter if someone does it. Like we don't grade things. Eh? We don't say you nine out of 10, this person is 10 out of 10 and you are Ooh. six. Own your superpower. Heck say, yeah, I man. Yes. <laughs> I, I, and, and that's another thing own it do you hear that everybody own it own, own it. your superpower or yeah. gladys is gonna come after you <laughs> i am i am it's a fact that's Let's my superpower i can come after people that don't own things <laughs> yes that makes me so happy um you know we're talking here about dropping pens and making loud noises but we're over here talking about you know being a mom and you know all these things that come along with it right you you mm-hmm. discover your superpower but there's this other thing where everybody has it in their mind as a mom and I know because I go through this myself I have to be perfect I have to do it perfect I have to do everything perfect and like logically right I mean you're making that face and you're so right because logically you're like well what is perfect perfect is not I know thing. you know like are you kidding me and and I just tell me Tell me why I, why being, well, I guess, you know, let me, let me flip it around a little bit and reword it. Why is that not good? (laughs) Like you don't really want to be perfect. So why is it okay to not be perfect? And, And how can you still be a great mom while not being this like perfect idea of what you think, you know, you should be, do you know what I mean? Does that even make sense? 
feel like I it really does. Um, okay, and so there's um there's an exercise I do with my um uh, coaching moms um, when they come with that myth. I call it the myth of perfection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask ten people what does perfection or what does perfect mean to them, you have ten different answers, mm-hmm. right? So what does perfect? Mean? What is perfect? Yeah. Nobody can give you the same definition. If I tell you um, what does happy means, you have kind of something similar with happy, but perfect doesn't have a definition because it's different for everybody. Um, so I was going to say the myth of perfection is a myth of perfection. You're never going to reach there. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a new perfect and a new goal and a new, you know, you keep raising the bar higher and um, higher and higher so i've seen mom that you know wanted to be perfect and behind the scene it was revealing that that was the, the fear of losing control embracing the chaos we just want to control so much that we feel like if everything is under control there's no surprise mm-hmm. there's no oh something that i haven't planned that happened mm-hmm. and to be honest, before I had kids, I was that kind of person that liked to know what was coming and that was like everything was controlled. And and then I remember having, you know, my first baby and I sat there and I thought, oh my God, nothing is going like, it's not planned. You don't know. Like you read books <laughs> and they say, sleep two hours a day. And you're like, mind right. of like what's going on like, right, right, right. Can, totally. I return, can I return this child like well that it is motherhood allowed me to embrace the chaos basically mm-hmm. saying you know there's more joy in going and saying I don't know what's gonna happen but I am so certain that I have within me what it takes to sort any crisis that's gonna happen today give me that peace mm-hmm. um so to the, pro- the point I wanted to say is like there's so much joy in planning, um, but there's no such joy in plans because mm-hmm. I feel like plans are rigid. But planning, saying today, it's going to be a win if I get that baby dressed and fed. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a good have, day. Have 30 minutes now. This is planning, but plans can change. That baby right. can sleep 10 seconds and you're like, oh God, there's no, <laughs> here goes the 30 minutes now. <laughs> Uh, but more importantly and I have a story to share before I say what I want to say so I had a conversation with my mom um, not so long ago and she was telling me about a story I was like okay Um, she still feel guilty of missing um, some sort of ballet dance that I was doing when I was like five or four Um, she wasn't there she had she was coming back into the country her plane was delayed so she had to spend the night and it was the first time I was dancing and she's like I still feel guilty I miss this and I was like huh what are you talking about (laughs) exactly so when you see in the great uh, grand scheme of things do kids want a perfect mom they just want a mom that love them make them feel secure that have their back like create that loving environment that nurture and grow them I still know today that if there's any problem, I can talk to my mom of of anything. She's not going to be happy with everything. She's going to get my back, right? Right. So that's what I remember. What I think of my childhood, I remember 
laugh and conversation with you know both my parents i don't remember them saying oh you have to dress up and have no stain and you have to be in bed at three or like you know the perfection thing is it's serving us it doesn't serve the rest of the world right so you have your your kid the question i'm asking my perfect mom 10 years 20 years down the line when you have that relationship with your kid what would they remember the mom that does beautiful lunchbox for Instagram and no offense to our Instagram mom, I'm just rubbish and I'm terribly jealous you can do those things. <laughs> Me too. Or the, <laughs> or the mom that will be jumping in a muddy puddle with a kid because it was raining and it was more fun than just say, oh, don't stain your clothes or whatever. Like, you know, those yeah. are the moments. Create memories with your kids and your oh. family. I mean, it seems silly because it seems so obvious, but we need to be reminded of that sometimes because that's the part, that's the part that your kids will remember as they get older. That's also yes. the part you'll remember. You remember, yeah. Because it's and just as important to you as it is to your kids. It, so funny story and real story. So my house is have you know white wall and gray walls uh, and is it something that you can see so mm-hmm. one day during the pandemic i think two years ago now <laughs> just at the beginning of pandemic when we're still learning to live with each other um so i remember that i you know as a mom if i don't hear any noise i'm thinking there's something wrong uh because it would kid at home so I went upstairs and I thought it was raining that day it was a rainy day or you had rain not so long ago and I came and the first thing I saw in my living room is, you know, imprint and imprint with mud on oh. a white wall. <laughs> and my kids would say, oh, look, you didn't see, oh, look at what we did. And it was super excited. And then for that, that split second, I wanted to fume and scream and cry and all those emotions at some point. And you know what I did? I went in, I put my hand in the mud and I came, I put my imprint oh on the wall I and it was that. so excited oh my god and, it was, and it's still there we haven't painted with oh, oh, but I'm... every time we pass there we still remember oh that was the day we did this so I have um like a I'm wall that cry. is not because <laughs> simply because I can feel that memory being something that is with you forever it because is it's just letting go of the the rules and the rigidity and all the the stuff that doesn't need to be and just having fun and this for me every time i pass in front of this wall is a reminder of embracing the chaos more um it, it's some days i forget i still i'm not perfect i'm just human and some days i want rules and i remember uh my four-year-old asked me why I she wanted to eat something at breakfast that was not breakfast time and I was like you can't eat that this is breakfast time she's like why can't I and I look at that world like yes why can't we and so we flip the rule an excellent <laughs> point you make darling yeah and, you can have pizza right. pizza breakfast I guess and why not it's delicious yeah. right yeah. <laughs> I think that is so great and and so Oh, delightful, really delightful because there's so many things like that in life that happen. The chaos, you know, like, do you expect 
mud handprints on your wall? No. Is your first instinct to be like, who put the handprints on the wall? Oh, I had I had smoke coming out. Yeah, exactly. I that. It was yeah. smoky. <laughs> I had a heart attack. I smelled <laughs> burning fire. And you said, oh, no. Oh, I'm glad to was, lose it. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I was like, I saw two kids that were like, ah, look at what we did. And I'm like this. The laugh were becoming distorted in my head. I was like, oh. Everybody <laughs> run. <laughs> I know Without those moments. <laughs> Without more. Uh-huh. Uh, totally. But more seriously, the perfection, the myth of perfection, it's a lie we tell ourselves that if we have it under control, there's no surprise, everything will be good. But you have it within yourself anyway to control everything, to have the surprise team. But I would say with so much control put in place, there's no room for surprise. There's no room for the hand on the wall on a muddy day. There's no room for um, growing because you will realize that, you know what, if I can accept muddy paint on my white wall, what else can I do today that will push uh, that barrier? And my kid hilariously always remember that on the print like those, those mud imprint on the wall they don't remember um me saying sit correctly and right. chew with your fork and whatever they don't but they remember and they're like oh when it's raining again can we do more or can we do a new one <laughs> maybe not a the monster. <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> Yeah. but that memory that's that's the more important thing. that's that's what stays in our heart for her, forever i think sure. they will remember immediately oh, they, will. they absolutely will and you will and and that's just such a a beautiful thing it's making me so happy i i love that. i was gonna say for the mom that are listening and shock with shock horror yes i fully own that i'm not a perfect parent so i <laughs> I, I want you to also consider another point of view what if we instead of creating rules and making everything so clean and you know no germs going in what if we were creating memories instead yeah and and so what if it takes the shape of you know muddy imprint in on the floor or on the wall or eating pizza at 3am in the morning which i do not recommend but um (laughs) You know, what if he does that? <laughs> exactly. Hold on, I messed up my microphone. There we go. See, I'm not a perfect podcaster either. <laughs> oh, let's embrace our imperfections. This yes. is what it's all about. <laughs> it is what it's all about. Gladys, I want to ask you, why are you so passionate about about working with moms? Because you obviously are, and yeah. you have all these amazing insights. and I just, I want to know what, what, what makes you so passionate about this work? Because number one, representation will matter. I think the more voices I add to the conversation, um, the more highlight will be uh, put on the fact that, you know, a working mom, it, it's a category mm-hmm. <laughs> in itself. Um, you know, before the pandemic, we had a work life, we had a home life. And we were expecting those two never to meet. I, I think there's a lot of things when it comes to a more mental health, especially when you work, there need to be, you know, open discussion and conversation. I'm not saying that we all, um, you know, you know, 
we we all are crying or desperate, but for those that are struggling, struggling, I wanted to be a space where we can say, you know what, at work, for example, I need a little bit more support than a non-parent um, because if my kid uh, falls sick, I don't have a, a diary telling me, oh, on the 10th of February, there will be illness in your family. Right. So I need a little bit more flexibility, accommodation. Um, a lot of mom uh, left the workforce last year because they couldn't accommodate both and they had to choose. And I feel like there's a lot of mom that are forced to choose between their professional dream and their their personal dreams, right? Um, so number one, I wanted to add my voice to the conversation and and help uh, impacting and changing and making it better the, the motherhood journey of other working people. So mm-hmm. it's all about highlighting it. And I say to you, it started with the lie I was telling myself, I must be alone feeling the way I am. And it's it's a complete lie. So I wanted to be part of that conversation, helping people understand this, those unique challenge. And I want to say that I came with that idea and I gained way much more. I met extraordinary people. I have been, um, you know, educated on different problems, different aspirations, different motivation. And um, I've learned to be getting out of my comfort zone, growing a little bit more by putting myself out there, being more vulnerable, because sometimes I go and say things like, oh, today, this is what happened. And people are like, oh, God. And I feel like this is the worst thing I've wrote ever. It's on the internet. (laughs) And then making sure that people know that whatever you're going through, you're not alone. And it's a big fat lie. You're telling yourself alone. That's my main motivation. So the people and making sure, and, and it's almost cliche, but when you meet people, you see so much potential, so much power running around and looking at someone, working with someone, and they finally realize that they are capable and equipped and powerful. This, no money can buy it. This is priceless. So right. It is priceless. Well, I think that's awesome. And in that same vein, I am going to change course a little bit here in our conversation, ask you some of my my super fun questions. It was going to be, it was getting too heavy here. Yeah, right? With the fun. Yeah, please. It's like, whoa, is that a podcast or not? That's what happens. (laughs) We start talking about these things and we have so much fun and then it gets deep. And that's when we get a little lighter. So we're going to take it. (sighs) take some deep breaths and now we're gonna talk the first one's a little deeper than the second question's a little more fun so the first one is who are three people who've had the most influence or have been the most inspiration for you so we'll start with that oh god this uh (laughs) i know i ask people this question and they're like hmm or they're like i could tell you right off the bat it seems like oh, that's yeah, like the sure. two ways. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. Uh, so uh, I was gonna say there's so many people um, that inspire or impact me. Um, like almost, I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but at least on a yearly basis, you always happen to meet someone that changed the way you think. But if I have to say something the two biggest influence well three biggest influence would be my dad and my kids I think there was um 
definite before and after having my kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope I'm a better human being. At least I'm working hard to be a better human being after, you know, my kid. Um, and, and my dad kind of, you know, he was thinking differently and he was not afraid to own the fact that he was creative and out of the box and all those things. And I think that was my first insight in looking at someone that say, I'm owning who I am. I don't need to be in a box. So I would say um, the eccentric part of me is definitely my parents. So, (laughs) but uh, wanting to always relentlessly learn and be curious, it's definitely my kid. Yeah. And I love that. And that's true. I mean, that kids bring that side out of us. I think that curiosity, that, that fun part of us that we sometimes lock away. Forget. Yeah. Right. Forget. Exactly. And I hope my husband doesn't listen to that podcast, but yeah, you, you part of it, honey, but I had only three people. (laughs) Sorry, babe. It's what we had to do. I love it because that's what happens. But honey, you don't take a back seat. It's just the way it is. That's what yeah. that's what we do. It's all good. That's true. We'll just tell what him. she said. What yeah. she says. Well, listen to me. I know what I'm saying. All right. Next question takes us in a different direction, and it's I I love ask. I, I just enjoy this question. So, if you could have a dream dinner party, right? This could be a dinner party. It can be a luncheon. It can be an activity that you really enjoy. It doesn't have to revolve around food. I just, I'm a foodie. I love food. So for me, everything revolves around food. So so three people, and I'm going to specify, they don't have to be people. They don't have to be real. They can be fictional. They can be dead or alive. They can be people you know or related to, but they don't have to be. I mean, I open this up a lot. I've had people have characters from books. I've had people invite the spirits of, you know, deceased ancestors. I've had people invite their best friend. It's, it's whatever you want. So I get, I let you get real creative here and it's really I fun was gonna to say, think about it. Okay. So I would think three people and one non-people, can I get away with that? I like that. You. Absolutely can. It's your dinner party. You do whatever you want. Oh, okay. Perfect. So yes. uh, the first person I will add, I will invite, and I, I don't name a name, but it has to be someone that knows how to cook because <laughs> that dinner party. <laughs> so I will want to invite a creative chef of some sort, maybe a French chef because they're very, they reinvent the cuisine. I like someone mm-hmm. that does fusion cuisine. So they mix different influence. So it has to be a chef. So the food got to be like completely on point oh yeah so that's my first person that's a nice um, I like that my second person will be my dad because you know the chef is more important I like to eat I love my dad but yeah because <laughs> he always have very philosophical thoughts and insightful um he's the kind of guy that asks you you ask him how does it work and he's like what do you think and you'll be like oh maybe it could be this is like interesting and you're like thank you dad you were so insightful <laughs> I um, love that. So, awesome so i will get my dad because i will be really deep very quickly i will invite you cara you're my oh, third person me. so for sure because we're gonna have so much giggle <laughs> laughing and eating yes. and the fourth person that's not person i will invite um I don't know, Siri or Google, one of those guys that answer all the questions. I love it. Oh my gosh. 
I am so excited for this dinner party and I can't wait. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, like, do you notice I keep it child free and, um, you know, yeah, it's the way to do it. Us <laughs> moms need a break. <laughs> that is so cool though. Oh my God. I would love to come to that dream dinner party. And the hubby will be the babysitter, but he hopefully never listen to this episode. That's because, right. you just, honey, yeah. you don't need to hear this one. Just tell him, say, honey, we had so much fun. It was great. I don't need you to listen. And for those of you that listen to this show with a husband, your husband of rock, uh, <laughs> mine too. Uh, but yeah, we just, you know, you're a mom and you like me, you just know that when you want to have some relaxing and fun time, sometimes the mom hat stays aside and yes. you re- you become you again, in my case, Gladys. So I like it. Gladys, I was going to just give you one last question, but I have to throw one question in here because I'm so curious. You mentioned earlier that you've lived in five different countries. (laughs) And I I need to ask you, what countries have you lived in? Because living in more than one country is incredible, but five, that's amazing. I have to ask. I I was going to say, I live in three on my own volition and two were not. (laughs) My own choice because I was a child with my parents. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> so five different countries uh how many three continents so um so i lived in france where i'm originally from france and cameroon uh, in central africa then i went to morocco um then i went to england then i came to canada so wow that's and amazing and i'm currently trying to convince my husband to move to another country but to be continued you'll see well that's really cool of of those countries that you've lived in I've been to three of them I've been to France I was in France once again I was 10 so we're looking at 30 plus years ago and I loved it and the memories I have of France are just like wonderful and England on the same trip (laughs) spent a week in France a week in England it was amazing. And then Canada, like two, we were talking about two, before. Two hours away from your side. Like my, I was living in England and my family lives in France. And every Friday, well, not every, but most Fridays, I was on the Eurostar two hours later. I was sitting at home eating dinner. So <laughs> incredible. It's so cool. cool. I love that. Yeah. I think that's really, really great. Well, thank you for answering um, that. It was, I've been so curious to ask. Um, um, I'll charge next time. That was all right. The first next time, time I'll be prepared. Okay. <laughs> so my actual. Can I last... ask you a question? Sure. Can I ask you a Please. question? I love questions. So I was going to say the superpower question. What superpower would you want to have if you could choose? I think I would want to fly. Honestly, Why? because I have always dreamt. I, so I've always had, I've had very, very, very vivid dreams. Always have. Huh my entire life since I was very, very little. My first memory of a dream was when I was about three. And throughout my life, there've just been these vivid dreams. And there are a few themes that always recur throughout my life. And one of them is flying. Now I haven't had a flying dream in a while, but you may have one tonight. I hope so. I love those (laughs) dreams. And they're always different. Sometimes I'm flying way up above and other times I'm just sort of floating a few feet off the ground. But there's a few reasons why. Number one is when I dream about flying, it feels very, very real. And it feels very, very liberating. Um, Secondly, I'm terrified of heights. Like it's this absolute, utter 
fear phobia that I cannot control. Let me give you some examples just to understand. France went to the Eiffel Tower. My parents were so excited. My brother and sister were excited. We're all having a great time. About halfway up, I guess on like an observation deck, I started panicking. It was the first time I ever really experienced this. My palms, my hands were shaking, my palms were sweating, and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I don't think I can go up anymore. Um, that happened to me at the in Empire State Building in New York City when I was like 13. Uh, it happened to me at every baseball game and football game I've ever been to in Philadelphia, because I live right outside of Philadelphia. And I'm just absolutely so terrified of heights. And I feel like, why am I so afraid of heights? And every single time the same thing happens, my heart starts racing, my palms start sweating, my hands start shaking, and I start crying. <laughs> it's not like I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. I physically can't stop it. It's the craziest thing. But when I dream about flying, I'm not afraid. And like, I don't even like to fly in an airplane because of the height issue. Like, ah, I'm so high up. But somehow flying just feels like it would feel so liberating and so easy to just get anywhere. I don't know. That's just, I think that would be my superpower if I could just choose a magical power. Or I don't know. Way to conquer your fear. And and on a selfish note, could you dream of lottery numbers? You just have to send them to me. I will, for sure. I'll take care of them. <laughs> I can't tell you how many nights in my life, if there's a big like lottery drawing going on or something, I think to myself, okay, dream of numbers tonight. You know, you'll remember them tomorrow. And what happens? I dream of something completely different. And I wake up in the morning and I'm like, well, that was a weird dream. It had nothing to do with any numbers. What was that about? But anyway, if in your listener, someone can dream of lottery numbers, can you send them to me? Yes, please send them to Gladys. I'll get her contact information for you in the show notes, <laughs> yes, which actually brings me to my last question. And that is, where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect with you? Where are you to be found? Ooh, I am everywhere and nowhere. No, I'm joking. So um, <laughs> I am mostly on LinkedIn where I talk about my adventure as a working mom. And I talk about my mini diva and my little guy. Uh, so LinkedIn, Gladys Simon just one word um, and then LinkedIn is mainly where you find me most of the time. Uh, I have my website, it's called uh, www.mylifecouch, not coachcouch, C-O-U-C-H.com. Everybody asks me why couch? Um, I say because in every household there's a couch, that's there, everywhere. And that couch is always the moment, um, the, the witness of moment that involve emotions. So if you want to jump on the couch because you're happy, like Tom Cruise, yeah. Uh, or if you cry on a couch, or if you want just good old comfort, you just take your blanket and be on the couch. So my coaching practice is the perfect couch, the perfect size, the perfect color, the perfect fabric. And you have me sitting next to you. Uh, to be the witness of those moments involving emotions. So my life couch have a ton of resources. Um, some of the, the the thought that I have and I put on my blog. And I also love my favorite tool that I put there. It's uh, the success journal. And a success journal, I believe in journaling. Um, you, you heard me say that at the beginning, know yourself intimately well. And for me, journaling is a way to find patterns. Uh, your own pattern and when you journal for 
a certain period of time, a decent period of time, you start knowing what you know triggers you, what fuels you, what drains you. Um, so I have a success journal that I create specifically for working mother because you know being the perfect. No, I'm kidding. Not so perfect. I wanted something that was specific to me, so I just share it because uh, I had great feedback about people using it. Um, so it's on my website mylifecouch.com and um, I'm also on Instagram at mylifecouch and I have a confession to say um, one of my clients which I was trying to nudge them out of the comfort zone say what have you done recently that was out of your comfort zone and I do not I'm not social media savvy and I thought oh I'm gonna go and open an Instagram account uh, which I did uh, I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> You're not so, alone. Let me tell you so that. <laughs> if you happen to be Instagram savvy, go to at my life couch and give me some feedback. Tell me how I'm doing and if you love it or not, or at least give me some, hey, Gladys, this is terrible kind of thing. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> so, doing this? <laughs> Never. Those are the three three places you can find me. My website, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Gladys, I just want to take a minute and thank you. You know, I, I, I know we had so much fun talking the last time we talked and I think we had even more fun this time. Or, I don't know. I mean, this was just great. And I'm The just, jury's out. <laughs> we'll have to yeah. I don't know. We no, need to have that, we have to get, have that dinner. I have to find a chef and then I'll call you. And then we'll call me up. I will be there. Call I love and the if food. someone finds a lottery number, you invite it Yes. Because we have that much money, you may oh. as well. It'll be a great dinner party. Seriously, it'll be incredible. Gladys, you rock. I'm so, so glad Thank that we so did much. this. Thank you so much. Thank you.